My uncle Irv defeated the Nazis in World War II. Uh, I'm sure he didn't do it all by himself, but, but he did capture large swaths of German territory. The story behind that is that my uncle was an officer in the United States Army. Because he spoke Yiddish, he was able to take the test for German, which he passed. And so he was an officer in the US Army. And his job was, at the end of the war, was to follow Patton's third army that was going through Germany. And he was to stop at the various villages and create the bivouac, that's the obligation at a time of uh, surrender for the country that was vanquished to provide housing for the soldiers of the invading army. So that was his job. He was there to set up the army standard of what the different cities and villages had to do after they had already surrendered to the United States Army. Well, my, my Uncle Irv and his corporal who traveled with him had like a carbine and a sidearm between the two of them. And he followed the map that he was given, but Patton didn't. And Patton veered off to a different direction. All of a sudden, my, my uncle found himself going to villages that had not yet surrendered. And these villages surrendered to my uncle Irv Fishbein. So <laughs> my uncle captured Europe. But he used to tell us a story, and he's, can I know he's 100 years old today, and so sein gesund. But he always tells a story about a gentleman who gets unfortunately hit in a car accident as a pedestrian, and he's lying there, and the EMS comes and picks him up and starts taking him to the hospital, and they say, Mr. Goldstein, are you comfortable? And he says, yeah, yeah, I, I make a living. And it just reminds me that all of us have to capture our own territory, and a lot of it has to do with being comfortable or uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is if you look at the last two Torah readings, we find that Abraham, who is the representation of pure chesed, of pure loving kindness, the last and greatest test for him was to show, not chesed, but yira. Now I know that you are God in awe of God. The sense of yira, the sense of being in awe, the sense of being spiritually mighty, of course, was part of the contours of Avram's personality. But he had to go very much out of what he was comfortable, which was the expression of love and deep relationships, to contemplate the obligation of having to offer up his son as an offering. And so we had to do exactly the opposite. We find that Yaakov and Yitzhak today play that similar role. Yitzhak is the individual of pure spiritual might. He was like an offering that was offered on the altar. Out of all of the avot, out of all of the patriarch, he was the one who was not enabled to leave the land of Israel. It's almost his connection between his body and soul were so great that he had to breathe only the land of Israel's air. Any other atmosphere would have killed him. That was Yitzhak. 
And yet he's called upon to give a blessing of gashmiut, a blessing of physical, of the earth, agriculture, power. Of course, he thinks he's giving it to Esau, but he ends up giving it to, to Yaakov. In order to do that, what does he ask Esau for? He says, bring me some, the meat that I used to love, Asher Hafti, Tamatamim, the tasty foods that I, that I used to love. I mean, in order to give a blessing, you need a burger and fries? He was, he, didn't, he was into that stuff. He was probably a vegan. But in order to give that blessing of corporal physicality, he had to go beyond his comfort zone. Of course, that blessing was eventually to go to Jacob, because if Yitzhak knew that he's giving a blessing of corporal bl- abundance to his son who's supposed to be sitting and learning Torah, that, that wouldn't have worked for him. But even to be giving the blessing in the first place was difficult. And then Yaakov, Titan Ambas the Yaakov. Yaakov is a man of absolute truth. Absolute, Yaakov lives in a world of total truth. And his mother calls him over and says, my son, I had a prophecy. You're supposed to get this blessing and you have an obligation to respect your mother and you're going to dress up as Esau and you're going to bend the truth. Bend the truth? I can't do that. He wasn't given an option. He was obligated to go out of his comfort zone, be different than he is, in order to become the great Yaakov Avinu. So we find that there are certain things that we're very comfortable in doing. There are people who like this type of mitzvah, this type of obligation, they like to do this, like to do that, this is really cool for them. What God wants from us is growth. And growth and strength is created by tension and challenge. And if we look around at our mitzvot, at the things that we do, that we enjoy, that's great. Everything we do for God should be enjoyable. Everything we do for others should be ecstatic. But we know that there are people out there that we're not so comfortable with. There are things that we need to do that we are not comfortable with. Those phone calls, those visits, those multiple, multiple things that we just never got comfortable with. Ela told us Yitzhak ben Avram, Avram holy to Yitzhak. But the Torah tells us in creating generational spirituality is that it always starts with us. Yes, we can pull down the strength of our patriarchs and matriarchs, the generations that preceded us. But real strength, because our kids are watching us, is when what we do, we do for God, whether or not it's comfortable, whether or not it's the most enjoyable, whether or not it's... No, we should be, but we all have our comfort zones. Growth means getting beyond that comfort zone. And your kids are watching. And that's what we pass down in generation to generation. No matter what, we can grow by clinging to God, following His pathway, and on it we find our own greatness. Shabbat Shalom.